Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Bannett and I'm your host. And today's Q&A, I think, is the 42nd that we have done. And this week's guest on the regular episode is Grant Boyle from Fig Landscapes, a design and construction company, and also maintenance. So it was a great chat talking with Grant. Uh, I go a bit over an hour, so it's obvious that I enjoyed that one. Um, well, we'll get into the first question for today, which is what advice would you give yourself when you were starting out if you knew what you knew now? I've heard this, I've heard other people say this uh, advice, and I thought it's a, a good one to give as well for people who are starting out, uh, and that is to sort of aim higher than what you want to achieve. So some people say aim for the moon, I mean, land on the stars sort of thing. So um, the reason behind that is if you set higher expectations than what you end up achieving, you still achieve more than uh, what you might have if you set lower expectations. It's the same as like when you set a amount of time to do a task, if you allow an hour to do it, you usually take an hour. But if you allow 45 minutes to do it, you might take 45 minutes. So it's, uh, yeah, there's a particular, um, can't remember what the word is, but there's a reason why you, your brain works like that. But if you aim for something that's that um, is achieving more than what you're initially wanting to achieve, then you could still be happy with not getting there. Uh, and that could be like you might want to make a certain amount of profit in a year, so let's say you uh, decide that you want to make hundred thousand dollars profit, and yeah, rather than aiming for that, you might aim for one hundred and fifty, and sort of uh, reverse engineer your way that you get a, how, how you go about reaching one hundred fifty thousand dollars profit, and then if you do it, that's amazing. If you fall, you know, sixty six percent short, then you're going to make a hundred thousand. So you can still. Uh, work towards goals, but just have that in the back of your mind that um, achieving something is better than achieving nothing. Uh, and yeah, and you might you'll surprise yourself a lot of times as well. You'll actually achieve, even certain they stretch targets. You'll you'll actually achieve some of them, um, and then that allows you to it gives you confidence to do it again in the future, uh, and your business will be a lot more successful than if you were setting you know low goals. And achieving them easy, and they're not really, not really learning as fast as what you could. So yeah, that's a good one that I've heard, and would would tell myself as well if I had the time again. Uh, got a question from Timeless Landscaping Projects saying, "How's your front yard coming along? Uh, it's going pretty well." Apart from the progress, so what goes in is doing well. Like I put the lawn in, and that's looking good. I've top dressed it, uh, done a day's worth of paving on the driveway, and that looks awesome. I was uh, as like better than I hoped it would look. So that's using the uh, limestone pavers that I spent days cutting, uh, and my employees spent a couple of days cutting as well. And I put some plants in. So I wasn't initially going to put any plants in, but. Um, I thought it might as well, seeing how it's a good time of year to be doing it at the start of spring so then I can get their roots growing and then I can start trimming them and shaping them into balls as I plan to do. Um, but apart from that, there's not a lot happening. I've got a lot of soil work still to do, um, but also got to do other jobs that actually make money. So 
that's what I've been doing more so than my own place. And I've got a question from the Australian Lawn and Garden podcast. So my question for you is, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, just money. That's money and profit. That's all I would like Christmas. Not a big uh, gift person. But, yeah, making profit on jobs is is always good, whether that's Christmas, Easter, King's birthday, Labor Day, any of those holidays. Happy, happy to do it on any of them. Uh, next question is from DBL Bergie Luke saying, what's the best software for designing? Uh, it's a good question because it's not a uh, straightforward one because there's a lot of different programs and none of them are easy. So you can't just sort of look at one one day and start knowing how to do it you know, straight away. Uh, there's like, And that's why I haven't learnt... Um, I know how to do Landworks CAD because I've used that for probably 15 years. But we've got going to be one of those nights. I can't think of any words. The landscape design program that we have got, I haven't learned how to use other than doing a little um, a webinar on it because you sort of need to spend time on it, knowing, you know, spend uh, consecutive days on it, do a design and then do another one and just do different types of things on there. So that you're actually learning how to how to use it and what all the tools do. Um, but one of the it also depends on what you're wanting to get out of it. So if you're just wanting to give the client a bit of a representation of what the, your design is going to look like, uh, then SketchUp is a good one for that because that's easier to do 3D than any of the other ones. I'm just going to have to find it on my computer to see if we find. No, can't do that. I think of the design program. It's not, it's not a very good question to answer if I can't even think of what the design program is that we own. But three, yeah, SketchUp, well, I think it's Google who run that one. They That's an easy one to do 3D designs to give your client a bit of a representation of what you're looking to do. Uh, it looks a bit cartoonish. Like you can go really into depth in it, do it and make it look more photorealistic, but that's a very much more complex um, path you need to take and it'll take a fair while to learn that but with sketchup it's not like you can convert it to 2d but it's not easy to do so uh, that's where your other design programs like landworks and vectorworks that's what i was trying to think of that's the one we use landworks cad and vectorworks uh two of the other ones which are kind of similar whereas they're a bit they're uh, better for like a 2d plan so if you wanted to uh, do something like that and be able to work off it, then they'd be the best ones to learn for that. So you and that's the hard thing about doing a trial with them is it takes a long time to learn how to use it. So you can't just trial it for a day or a week and know which one's going to be better for you. Um, so what could be a good idea is to talk to someone who you might be able to continually get advice from about how to use it. So um, if whichever path you do go down then you're going to have someone who you can ask questions about the program when you when you come across a question most of them have got good technical support uh, those two do anyway so yeah there are official people you can contact when you've got questions and then they can dial in through your computer and show you how to do certain things um, but 
Um, yeah, it's just it's it's worth spending a bit of time looking into the different types of programs and working out what you want to get out of them because they're not all going to provide the same thing. Uh, there, if you wanted to do two D and three D, I would say Vectorworks would be the best one because the CAD three uh, D is a little bit complex to use. Um, but yeah, that's there's so it's such a deep hole you dive into when you're looking at um, the designs because I only learned this from uh, my designer, but the presentation of the design involves a lot more things than just the design program. There's other add-ons and then there's Adobe Photoshop and all sorts of different things that people add on to make their designs look as good as they do. They're not just the really good ones aren't just using the uh, the native design program and making them look good. So, again, it really depends on what you're wanting to get out of it. So if you want to produce a uh, a really high-end looking um, well-presented project, then you're going to want to do more than just the design program. So then you can look at what design programs work with best with the other add-ons like uh, SketchUp and Lumion go well together. Um, I think, I don't know if Vectorworks doesn't work well with something else that we're trying to do with 3D. So, um, yeah, the first thing to before you choose which design program, design program you want to go with, you work out what you're wanting it for. So if you're just wanting to do it, like if, for example, if you are if you do landscape construction and you're just wanting to uh, give your client a bit of a understanding on what your sort of mud map is going to look like, then uh, SketchUp might be the way to go because I could think it can be free to start with as well. So that's a good price. Yeah, the best way to go is to work out what you want to do and choose a program based off that. Uh, Civil Contracting Services has said, are you guys interested in any blue granite boulders, logs, and natural steps? Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, all of our jobs are booked out well in advance and we don't have any that require that at the moment. By the Glass said, I'm planning a big home reno and the garden will be destroyed. Is there any point in digging up perennials and planting them in a temporary spot? Is it worth the effort? Uh, I would think so. It, it depends how attached you are to them and what sort of size they are, but they are going to grow quick. Um, so, yeah, some people don't like, like – and also, if you're doing a reno, you're going to be spending a lot of money, a lot more money than what you anticipate, no matter how much you've allowed for things to go wrong. It always costs more, and then you've got less money for landscaping. So um, if you can go to the effort of digging up perennials, then – that's a good thing to do so that then you can save money. So I haven't done a reno before, but I've worked with, you know, clients who have done them and, you know, any money you can save is going to be good. Uh, and it, and also perennials aren't that hard to dig up, so it's not going to be that hard to dig up and then you can just get chuck some soil down the back corner of the garden, put them in there temporarily and make sure they're irrigated and uh, and then, yeah, that'll save you a fair bit of money. And you've also you'll also have like when you do the garden, it's also good having some semi-advanced kind of plants, so it doesn't all look like small plants when you're first starting out. So that'll add to that as well. So I would definitely uh, dig them out if you can. And the next question is from Green Room Landscape saying, "Should you pay apprentices for their time at TAFE?" Uh, depends what state you're in, I assume, but I'm pretty sure in Victoria, like in Victoria, it's you have to whether you want to or not. And also, I believe that's just factored into the the low price that they um, are paid 
so yeah that 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 all gets factored in and also when you're working out your uh, overheads and your hourly rates you want to be allowing for the fact that they're going to be at school for you know 30 odd days a year um so this it just work you just work that out in your production hours um but yeah they're not like the ones we have they go for six hours so like you don't pay for an eight hour day because they they go from nine to twelve, then have an hour for lunch, and then one to four. So, if you're um, if you're on, yeah, might be twenty bucks an hour for six hours. You get you get one hundred twenty bucks a day. So it's not the end of the world. And they don't go during school holidays, and usually turn four. There's no school. Um, but if it's annoying you so much that you don't want to be paying them, then you could look at doing that. There's some apprentice, uh, some tapes. Uh, uh, they come to you, so they're on site. So then they do their learning, like you're supposed to give them uh, time to do their their schoolwork. But they're not going away and uh, spending a day at TAFE every week. The TAFE comes out like once a month. So that's uh, there's a lot of companies do that because of that exact reason that you're not losing them for a day. Like you've got to give them time to do their work. But um, when they go to TAFE, they're it. There's no doubt as to waste of time. A lot of it, like what you could actually, what you actually learn, if they were, they were doing it one on one, would take not even half the time that it takes to do with a, a class. So, yeah, there are certainly some cons sending people to TAFE, but there are some pros as well. So they're going to meet new, they're going to meet other um, people who are in the same boat as them doing an apprenticeship, whether they're the same age or not, doesn't really matter. But um, other people who are at the same point of their career so then they're going to create good contacts and might end up yeah who knows they might start a business together later on but so there are good things for them as well and they can support each other through their apprenticeship uh, and you could end up getting a staff out of it as well so if they might find, become friends with someone who's at TAFE and they don't like where they are so then they could come across to you so there's yeah pros and cons but um but yeah I'm pretty sure I assume every place has you have to pay them whether you want to or not when they go to TAFE. But if you're wanting to reduce their time at TAFE, have the TAFE come to you. Now Chris O'Perco said, have you ever ruined a client's Christmas by not having their garden ready? Uh, I don't believe we have from memory. There's been a couple of close ones. Like There's been a couple that I've finished on, I've, I've finished on Christmas Eve at like one o'clock, but, uh, but that was always going to, it was always comfortable to get it done. Um, but we've been pretty lucky. Like last, so what I did, uh, I reckon it was maybe four or five years ago that there was that one we finished at one o'clock on Christmas Eve, and the previous few were similar. But what I've done since then is we finished like a week before Christmas. So I think this year it's on the twenty fifth Christmas. Well, it is the twenty fifth every year, but I think the Friday is the twenty fifth. So we'll probably be finishing on the eighteenth. So we finished the week before, and it's amazing how long that week before Christmas is feels when you're not working, and when you are working, it goes real quick. So uh, it's good to have it off earlier. So we've been doing that the last few years, and it's just amazing how much of a difference it makes. So I won't book any work in in December because uh, if you want to, like, there be some. If you can't get work in December, you'll be able to help out someone else who's struggling to get work done. So. You don't usually need to worry 
about trying to find work at the time of year. But we've also been pretty lucky where we had jobs that span uh, the Christmas holidays, and that's also the case this year. We've got one that will be starting uh, a couple of weeks, and then it's a few months, more a couple of months to do that job. Uh, and yeah, there's two of the same. We both probably might no, we won't start the second one, but yeah, we've got multiple jobs that we can start beforehand and and finish after. But um, but I'd say no one has ever ruined a client's Christmas by not having their garden ready because yeah, there's more things to just having your garden ready than more yeah more things to life than just having your garden ready. So especially yeah. If you're going to be reflecting around the Christmas time, they would have, they would have eventually realised that as well, no matter how angry they may have been. And the last question from Zorba Dundee Gardens saying, is it unprofessional to ask for cash on some smaller jobs, for example, the last 50% payment in cash? Uh, I don't think it's unprofessional. It's uh, rare. Uh, and you'd also certainly need to be declaring that cash with the ATO because. Uh, yeah, there's no like I can't remember how long it's been since I've received cash for a job because I've been um, you know everything you want everything to go through the books when you're trying to get a home loan or a bank loan just to make your accounts look as healthy as possible. So yeah, even when people offer cash, always just say yeah you can pay cash, but it goes into the into the bank. Um, yeah, not a lot of people have cash these as many these days, so. You certainly wouldn't want the amount to be too high. Um, and it can also be a bit of a pain for them to have to go to the bank to get cash out. Yeah. And not many people do it these days. So yeah, it's not unprofessional, but um, yeah, something that you just have that conversation. And you can also uh, have the conversation early, not, you don't necessarily need to wait till the end of the job when you're going to invoice them to. To uh, ask for that, so you could tell them, uh, you know, you might get your deposits up front with a bank transfer, and then you might ask for cash later on. But uh, yeah, open communication is the best way to go with that. But that was the last question. So thank you very much for everyone who submitted one. And once again, we've got Grant Boyle from Fig Landscapes, as uh, so he's in Byron Bay, uh, and does some beautiful stuff. Originally from Sydney, but yeah, some of his work is. Absolutely stunning. So uh, it was great to talk to him about the uh, how he goes about designing projects and and the reasons he does it the way he does, and also the um, yeah the path he took to get to where he is now. So that's out at the moment, uh, and we'll see you all again next week.